You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. I'm just going to go ahead and admit it, folks, right off the bat. I am not in the best mood. I don't know why. I just am. Just want to clear the air, get that out there, put that out there, front and center, right off the bat, just so when you're listening to the podcast and you're out there going, man, Miller is really pissed off about something, you have been warned. I think, well... I think part of it, it's the news stories that are out there. Don't get me wrong, folks. I've got a pile of news stories here, ready to go. But I'm just, I don't know. It's a weird news cycle out there. I don't particularly care for most of what I've got. But, you know, I don't want to talk about Ukraine. I think pretty much everyone else is talking about Ukraine. I don't want to talk about March Madness. Basketball, I couldn't care less about what goes on in basketball. But here, I'll give you an example. The kind of news stories I have, which are just, I don't know, putting me in a bad mood. From Pink News, Leah Thomas makes history as first out trans woman to win NCAA swimming championship. And Leah Thomas winning this swimming championship It's all over the news. And I've said this before, but I guess I'll say it again. For what? About one half or 1% of the population. Transgenders, you would think they take up like 15, 20% of the population. They're everywhere. You can't swing a dead cat and not hit a news story that involves a transgender. Pink news, those Girls over at Pink News, typical gay media, heroes and villains. Leah Thomas, of course, she's a hero. The transgenders, the T in the LGBT plus community, they have everyone else terrified to say anything bad about them. You say something bad about a transgender, you are going to get yourself a first class ticket on a train to a re-education camp to get your mind right. And Leah here, you know, I wanted to give this young lady the benefit of the doubt. I get, folks, that there are are people out there who are going through this, who are truly transgender. And to those folks, they deserve compassion. They deserve respect. I got no beef, no issue with someone out there who is truly transgender. Leah Thomas at least according to what I read in Red State, she still has her penis. Can someone explain to me why someone who still has a penis is swimming 
in women's sports. Now I know, yes, it's 2022. Men can have vaginas. Women can have penises. But can someone explain to me how that is, well, fair to the other women? Now she's taking hormone pills, but that's the extent of her transition. She still has, at least according to the media I read, she still has her man meat. You would think in a swimming competition, the men and the women, it would be pretty clear cut who's the man, who's the woman. It's real simple, or it should be, what's between the legs? Do they have a hoo-hoo or do they have a Johnson? Real simple, folks but not to those blithering idiots over there at the NCAA or the woke NCAA. And then, of course, if that's not bad enough, USA Today. Rachel Levine is one of USA Today's Women of the Year. Rachel Levine, another transgender, is one of USA Today's 10 Women of the Year. Now, it's a crappy list. Don't get me wrong. They put Queen Kamala on that list. Of all the women to pick for Women of the Year, Queen Kamala, that's the best they can do. Apparently so. And of course, they have to put Rachel Levine, a transgender, in that mix as well. Why? To virtue signal. To make themselves over there at USA Today, make themselves feel better about themselves, They get to virtue signal to the tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. But you can't tell me that this mid-level government bureaucrat who works over at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services, she, she's the best they can do. Her and Queen Kamala. She made that list just so they could put a transgender in there, just so they could Check off that box. Show how down for the struggle they are over there at USA Today when it comes to making everyone happy, making everyone feel included. And to top all that off, as if a man with a penis competing in women's sports or a transgender woman making a woman of the year list, even if it's in some half-assed newspaper like USA Today, as if, as if they're not bad enough, Apple, woke Apple, they came out with their iOS 15.4, finally released that non-binary voice, and I was like, I heard that thing, and I'm like, that's what a non-binary voice sounds like to Apple, I guess, but I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting, just not that. White Boy Malcolm X, do you have that queued up, sir? Do you have the non-binary voice queued up? You do. Good. You're doing your job. You have two jobs, sir. No, I take that back. You have three jobs. Do what I tell you to do. Sit there and look pretty. Drink the Italian beer in my fridge. So it's good to see, sir, you're doing all three jobs. Do you queue up the regular one? Very good. So let's hear the regular voice. This is the one, the normal Siri voice. Hi, 
I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. So that's normal Siri. That's the Siri I use. I hear her all over the house in my HomePods. So now, white boy Malcolm X, play me the non-binary Siri voice. White boy Malcolm X. Okay. Thank you, sir. I did need to laugh. Okay, kill the baby. Kill that damn baby. Play me the play me the non-binary voice. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. See, folks? Meh. Now do this, sir. Play regular Siri, non-binary Siri. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. And then the other one. Hi, I'm Siri. Choose the voice you'd like me to use. Kind of sounds like a male Siri having just taken up some helium. I don't know. Then again, folks, I don't really hang out with non-binary folk. Them in their super special pain-in-the-ass pronouns. Not my scene. So, who knows? That could be a perfect example of a non-binary voice. To me, sounds like a man sucking in some helium, but whatever, let's move on. From the Daily Wire, Starbucks, woke Starbucks, looks to phase out disposable cups by 2025. And so I read this article, folks, and they're not actually going to get rid of the cups. They just want to incentivize you, nudge you, into not using them, using a reusable option. And they're going to do that, or they're examining how to do that, one of two ways. The first one is to allow you to bring in your own reusable cup. The other is to have you pay a deposit, get a reusable cup from them, get your money back when you bring back that cup. So if it's not already a dumpster fire of a job working at woke Starbucks, having to make all those super special pain in the ass drinks for other dopey customers. Now, these poor folks working at woke Starbucks, they're either going to have to touch some nasty cup that, you know, folks, half these cups coming in to get used probably haven't been washed in what, a week or so? And if that's not bad enough, having to touch customers' nasty, unwashed cups, they're going to have to basically turn into glorified dishwashers, washing all the reusable cups that people are going to bring in. Then they have to give them a refund, only to do it all again, hand them a reusable cup, take that deposit right back. So that's the future job of a Starbucks barista, making Super special, pain-in-the-ass drinks or washing dishes for basically minimum wage. You folks at Starbucks, woke Starbucks, have fun with that, trying to keep people on the payroll as you make their lives harder and harder, more miserable, more miserable. Oh, look, they let that lying black queen, Jussie Smollett, at a jail. I originally, I queued up a story from the post-millennial, Jesse Smollett to be released from jail after court ruling, had that one ready to go, and then they let his 
lying black ass out of jail. From the New York Post, Jesse Smollett released from jail amid appeal on charges he faked hate crime. Which I think the general consensus out there, now I know Jesse is deluded. I'm sure a couple of his friends and family are. I'm sure a couple of the woke BIPOC folk out there convinced that Whitey is out to screw them every chance Whitey gets. I'm sure, just like OJ, there are people out there who think that Jesse Smollett is completely innocent. They are feckless morons. They are useful idiots for Jesse propagating this lie, this fraud, that he was the victim of a hate crime. Even if MAGA folks, even if they were out there looking to, I don't know, beat up BIPOC folk that they found walking around, Jesse Smollett, again, folks, that lying black queen, he is so inconsequential. Even if that were true, MAGA folk were out there beating up on the BIPOC folk. The last person those MAGA folks would beat up on, that would be Jesse Smollett. At this point, I'm just curious, how long is he going to keep this up? Keep lying about what happened. Keep proclaiming his innocence. Because at some point, folks, after the appeal is lost, after his lying black ass gets to spend a couple months in jail, at some point, he's going to have to give it all up. Now, I'm sure he is waiting for a huge paycheck to do that. He'll go on with like Oprah or Gail King or Robin, whatever her name is, that lesbian working over at ABC. He'll cry to them. He'll blame systemic racism, white power, white privilege, white fragility, white this, white that, blah, 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 blah. He'll blame society for making him do all that. And he'll do that, go on and confess, when the check is big enough so he can at least delay for a little while having to work as a barista over there at Starbucks when they roll out this whole reusable cup crap and they need someone in Starbucks washing dishes, that could be Jesse Smollett. It'll be about the same time. He'll cash out on that, burn through those funds. So when Starbucks, by 2025, when Starbucks rolls this thing out, he'll need cash, he'll need a job, he can go wash dishes at a Starbucks. Ah, Jesus Christmas, I thought I threw this one away. Another one, here is another one. Two stories about the same thing. Had the first queued up, and then the news shifted again. The first one I had, Fox News, Britney Spears, Instagram account disappears again. So I'm like, oh, Britney Spears. She must have gotten bored, trashing her parents publicly, going on to Instagram to air out the family laundry, trash grandma and grandpa in front of the grandkids. And just when I was thinking that, folks, out comes this from the Daily Mail. Baby, one more time. Fans go wild as Britney Spears shares video of a pregnant stomach as she returns to Instagram. 
after deactivating her account. So just when I thought Brittany had a little bit of common sense, put down her Instagram account, at least for a little bit, 48 hours later, boom, she's back. And not only is she back, she's back with a a video that shows her with a pregnant stomach, which according to the news is an old video. I guess it's from when she was pregnant with one of those two kids, the one she's got now. But I see this. She takes the account down. She puts it back up 48 hours later with a video showing her as pregnant. And I'm thinking, well, it looks like the crazy is back. If there was ever a good argument to having her under her parents' thumb in a situation where they kind of controlled her life, ran things for her, it would be something like this. I don't know if it's a case of Madonna syndrome. Oh, look at me, look at me. I'm still relevant. I don't know if it's that or what I think is probably the case. She's just not the most stable person out there. She's really reactive. And this taking down her Instagram account and then putting it back up 48 hours later as if that's not proof enough of that. Not that I really care all that much though. It's just, it's fascinating to me watching watching the media reaction to her, watching the watching her fans' reaction to her, watching people try to latch on to this whole free Britney crap. The media circus around, around her, her behavior, this sort of crap, her carrying on on social media. That's what's interesting to me. Like I've said a thousand times, celebrities, their personal lives, I couldn't give a crap. None of my business. I just, the media around her and this story, this continuing saga, this continuing drama circle, kind of like Kim Kardashian, Pete Davidson, Pete's big dick energy, like that, that kind of media drama. That's what I find interesting. But Brittany, like a lot of them, wanted some attention. We gave her some, so let's move on. Speaking of Instagram, though, how's this from Fox News? Russian social media influencers react to Russia's Instagram ban. So it looks like Robot Mark over there at Woke Facebook to show how down for the struggle he is with the folks in Ukraine and to trigger a couple of generations of Russians He shut off Instagram about a week ago. Oddly enough, I haven't seen any news stories of Russian millennial Gen Z kids throwing themselves off of buildings because they can't curate their lives, show off to all their friends and followers. So there's hope yet that these younger generations aren't so addicted to social media that they can get through not having Instagram for a couple of weeks, they can make it through. Then again, I'm sure 
Russian millennial Gen Z kids aren't near as pampered, aren't near as spoiled as their American counterparts. So I'm sure, other than a couple of dopey, vapid social media influencers, I'm sure most of them are getting by just fine. And this reminds me, I can't remember who pointed it out. I think a couple of commentators at this point about how, you know, all these companies like Woke Facebook, Woke Apple, they pulled out of Russia as well. I think MasterCard and Visa cut them off. All these companies, virtue signaling about Ukraine. And don't get me wrong, folks. I think putting the screws to Putin, to the Russians on this one, good for them. I'll actually support that little bit of virtue signaling. But there have been a couple of commentators out there saying, you know, if China ever invades Taiwan, none of these companies like Woke Apple, Woke Facebook, whoever, are going to cut the Chinese off like they cut the Russians off. It's okay to virtue signal as long as it doesn't cost you a lot of Benjamins. And China makes all these companies a huge amount of Benjamins. I don't see any of them going to that to that extreme if and when that invasion begins. But the Russians, probably a rounding error in their PNL statements. But we'll see. I guess we will see when when that war begins how down for the struggle all these good virtue signaling companies are when it comes to the Taiwanese. From the U.S. Sun, I paid $25,000 to clone my cat because she was special, but my new pet is completely different. And when I saw this story, I thought, uh-oh, it's one of those pet fluencers up on Instagram. Man, we got a lot of stories about that stupid platform in this podcast. But when I saw that story, that's what I thought. One of these stupid pet fluencers who paid a fortune to clone a pet to keep their social media platform, keep their followers coming back to their whatever page, their stupid pet page, but not this one for a change. It had nothing to do with social media. She just had a cat that was, well, it was, it was five years old when it passed away. And she liked that cat. So she started looking into how to clone the cat, how to bring it back. And so she pays $25,000, gets a 100% genetic twin of that cat. And surprise, surprise, Shazam, it's not the same cat. It is the same cat, but not really. Kind of like Pet Cemetery. You take the dead cat, you put it in the Pet Cemetery. Sure, it comes back. It's just evil. This one, they genetically clone it. It's a perfect carbon copy, but the personality, different. I don't know about you folks, but I don't think I would need to spend $25,000 cloning my cat to figure out 
that the new cat, even if it's a genetic carbon copy of the old one, it isn't going to be the same cat. I guess some people, they need to spend that money, go through that whole process to figure that out, but not me. And I'll just say this on this story. Same thing I said about those pet fluencers paying, you know, around the same amount of money, if not a little more, to clone their pets, to keep up their social media, popularity, followers, what have you. If you've got $25,000 burning a hole in your pocket that you want to spend towards an animal, my thought would be, go spend, I don't know what it costs to adopt a pet these days, 100 bucks, 200 bucks. Spend that money, hand the rest of the money, hand the other $24,800, hand that over to the ASPCA, your local pet shelter. Hell, give it to the, give it to PETA. Even those nutty leftist PETA folks can make better do with the $24,000 and change than your local pet cloning business could do significantly more good to help animals out there find good homes, buy them some more time in your local shelter. That's what I would do if I were inclined to clone my pet. I'd put that money to better use elsewhere. Like I would ever clone that little devil that torments me, tortures me in my own house. That my cat folks and white boy Malcolm X, he can attest to this. That my cat, having lived to almost two years, despite being who he is, that's a miracle. Yes, white boy Malcolm X, I am still cranky. Can you not tell, sir? That's what I thought. And we're not, folks, these next stories, it ain't getting any better. In fact, I may just get more pissed off as this podcast continues. Again, I'm sorry, I apologize for being such a cranky queen, this podcast. It just happens from time to time. I'm sure by next week, we'll be back to having ourselves a grand gay old time. But this week, again, not so much. From Vanity Fair, Melinda Gates says Bill Gates' work with abhorrent Jeffrey Epstein led to divorce. The philanthropist added that she realized their marriage just wasn't healthy and I couldn't trust what we had. Now, we've already talked about Melinda Gates dumping nerd extraordinaire Bill Gates. No reason to revisit that. Everyone knows Melinda Gates, after having been married for 27 years, to Bill Gates, she wanted to find out, figure out what it felt like to have a real man, not some tech nerd from hell. And now, thanks to that tech nerd, she's got a huge pile of Benjamins to go out. She can hire herself, literally or not so literally, get herself a strapping 
stud of a man. And Bill, being Bill, can get that speedo on, get himself a couple of hookers, gyrate around those hookers in that speedo. Whatever nerd weirdos do at their at their pool parties. But this thing with about Jeffrey Epstein, talk about a cover your ass moment. Most folks out there who hung out with Jeffrey Epstein, even if only at, say, a cocktail party once 20 years ago, they're all coming out. Oh, I had no idea what was going on. I'm appalled. This is horrible. It's dreadful. And it is, folks. Don't get me wrong. I am not defending anything that that creeper pervert did. I'm just commenting on how, man, how quick people are to toss his dead ass under a bus. Melinda, though, she's taking a slightly different approach. While most people, they're just denying any culpability at all. I was just at a cocktail party with the guy 10 years ago. I had no idea he was raping underage girls. Melinda, she's coming out and saying, I always knew he was kind of a creeper. I could sense that from the word go. And then, just to throw her ex-husband under that bus with dead Jeffrey Epstein, to use this as an opportunity to trash her ex-husband. Remember, folks, hell hath no fury like a woman or a queen scorned. But she uses this, this whole thing about Jeffrey Epstein, to trash her ex-husband as well. Tie him to the pervert. Blaming her ex-husband hanging out with that creeper pervert. Blaming him for ending their marriage. I guess, white boy Malcolm X, she has not found herself the stud of her dreams. If she's still going after Bill like this, I figured, folks, if she had gotten herself a real man, again, some strapping young stud of a man, if he was doing his job as her kept boy, as her kept man, he would definitely keep her mind off of thinking about her ex-husband, thinking about going out and trashing her ex-husband. So, Melinda, have fun trashing Bill, but honey... Go get yourself a real man. Trust me, you won't think about Bill ever again. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. From The Federalist, award-winning HIV researcher forced into re-education for dressing up like Michael Jackson. UW Medicine is helping ruin a woman who devoted her career to finding a cure for HIV. Her work is immaterial to its fatuous leaders. And the award-winning HIV researcher in question, her name is Dr. Julie Overbaugh. 
And 13 years ago, folks, she was invited to a party, and the theme of the party was Michael Jackson's album, Thriller. So she shows up 13 years ago in blackface for this Michael Jackson theme party. And so now, 13 years later, this picture, it surfaces, and she is in a world of hurt. And it's typical in these kind of situations, in this era of wokeness, no forgiveness, all punishment, no matter what the offense is or how long ago it happened. Dr. Overbaugh, she can basically kiss her career goodbye. I don't know what's so offensive about blackface. I mean, you look at Canada, Justin Trudeau, the Ken doll of Western politics. He, he did blackface. And what happened to him? Nothing. Ralph, I forgot the guy's last name, the former governor of Virginia. He did blackface. And what happened to him? There was a, maybe about a week of Tempest in a Teapot drama. But after that, it went away. So certain people, they could do blackface, have a picture of themselves in blackface from quite a few years ago, and nothing really happens to them. But Dr. Overbaugh here, she's getting her ass canceled. And not that I'm defending going in blackface. Not something I've ever done. But you know what? If you're going to get offended that somebody showed up to a Michael Jackson party in blackface, what should be offensive about that is the fact that Michael Jackson, God knows how much money that man spent to bleach his skin white. The correct way to show up to a Michael Jackson theme party is to show up in whiteface. That would be honoring Michael Jackson. Honoring the money, the huge pile of Benjamins Michael Jackson spent trying to make himself look white. What she should have done, what Dr. Overbaugh should have done, if she didn't want to get in trouble, find herself in trouble 13 years later, what Dr. Overbaugh should have done, she should have brought a 10-year-old boy to that party, both of them dressed up in PJs. She could have manhandled that kid all night long, kind of like Michael Jackson, allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, manhandled quite a few prepubescent boys. If she had done that and a picture of her manhandling a 10-year-old boy, if that surfaced 13 years later, in this era, folks, she would be Hailed as a hero. Oh, there's nothing wrong with that. That's just an alternative lifestyle. So good luck, Dr. Overbaugh. Enjoy that first-class ticket on a train to a re-education camp to get your mind right. From Tow Road, Kevin Spacey to face off with accuser Anthony Rapp, trial date set. And I guess, speaking of manhandling much younger men, This one with Kevin Spacey and Anthony Rapp, it looks like it's going to trial. And we had talked about this, God, I think about a year ago, 
at least a year ago, when this when this first came to light, Anthony coming out decades later, accusing Kevin Spacey. Back when Kevin, he was in his mid-20s, Anthony, he was still a teenager, under the age of 18. This story has fascinated me in that I'm still trying to figure out what Kevin Spacey actually did that traumatized Anthony Rapp so badly that he kept it hidden deep within him for several decades until right before the final season of House of Cards. And he comes out decades later, still still suffering from extreme emotional distress. And the only reason I'm wondering, folks, is because every news story that I read pretty much say the same thing. Kevin was 26. Anthony, he was 14. Kevin invites him over for a party, came on to him, grabbed his ass, and at some point picked Anthony up, took him to the bed, climbed on top of him without consent. Which, don't get me wrong, folks, creepy. Damn creepy. What have I said a thousand times on this podcast? Never, ever, ever, ever get a boy to do a man's job. I say that to the high school teachers. I ain't up that fresh teacher bait. I say it to all you queens out there with Twinkie boy fetishes. I ain't up younger men like Timothy Chalamet and his 12-year-old boy body. But I am very consistent on that. Never get a boy to do a man's job. But I'm looking at this story. I'm reading what happened on this story. And I'm trying to figure out what did Kevin do that left Anthony Rapp in extreme emotional distress for decades. It could just be Anthony's like what? early 40s by now. He's a typical hysterical millennial, overly triggered by anything. If Starbucks, if they don't have his venti, caramel macchiato, whatever, that could traumatize him just as severely. But I'm reading this description. Kevin picks him up, puts him on the bed, climbs on top of him. And I'm thinking to myself, and what next? Because none of the stories I've read, folks, and you know how the gay media is, heroes and villains. Anthony Rapp, he's a hero. Kevin Spacey, he's a villain. So they're going to put in the story anything that feeds that narrative. Kevin is a villain. He's a lecherous, perverted queen. He likes Twinkie boys, especially if they're hovering around 18 years of age. Allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe. But what happened next? Because I'm pretty sure, folks, if Kevin Spacey sexually assaulted this kid, raped him, did something vile like that, it would be in some capacity in that news story. But here, this from Tal Road. Rap says Spacey proceeded to lift him on a bed and got on top without consent. But that's it. That's the end of the story. So unless something new comes out in court, I'm going to assume that Anthony Rapp got himself off that bed, 
Got the hell out of that place. End of story. Again, damn creepy if you ask me. But does that make sense to anyone? That just that happening, Kevin grabbing him in the butt, putting him on the bed, climbing on top of him. If that's all that happened, does that make sense? Even if we're dealing with a hysterical millennial, a frail, fragile millennial, the participation trophy generation, does that make sense that they would be severely emotionally damaged just over that? To me, no. This story makes zero sense. But we'll find out, I guess, at some point. This thing's coming to trial, White Boy Malcolm X. October 4th, right after your birthday. Something for you to enjoy as you're recovering from your your birthday party, from wherever the hell we're going for your birthday this year. I am not going back to Miami Beach, though. I am been there, done that. I've seen those queens. I don't want to see them again. From the Atlantic, the twitching generation. Around the world, doctors have noticed teenage patients reporting the sudden onset of ticks. Is this the first illness spread by social media? The short answer to that is no. The first, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's an illness, but the first kind of mass hysteria event, or one of the first, on social media, caused by social media, that is this massive influx of people joining our tribe, our lovable Star Wars bar of a tribe. For quite some time now, all the edgy and cool kids out there, they like to identify themselves as some sort of queer. That's why, in the general population, you have like, Three to five percent. That's about the average. People, members of our tribe. But in the younger generations, and we had that poll talking about it a couple of weeks ago, you've got like 10 to 12 percent of millennials. They identify as some sort of queer. And that number over time has continued to increase. I guess they're a little slow on the uptake, at least compared to the, uh, the Gen Z kids out there. Those kids in Gen Z, 20% of them identify as some sort of queer, which is, as anyone with half a brain knows, statistically impossible. But a lot of these kids, because they also want to seem edgy and cool, want to wanna follow along like the lemmings that they are, they come out, As, well, you've got the bisexuals, the part-time members of the tribe. They're there when they want to be. They're not there when they don't want to be. You got pansexuals. What's a pansexual? A snooty bisexual. A distinction without difference. You've got these clusters of girls. I think it was Abigail Schreier who started to point that out. But you've got these small group of girls all these friends, and they all come out as transgender. Again, statistically impossible. But it's something to do. One of them gets the the itch to be different, and the other lemmings 
They just follow along. They too want to be super special and unique. 10, 15 years ago, it was tattoos and piercings. That's just kind of meh these days. So people nowadays, I'm going to identify as some sort of queer. But now it seems the edgy and cool kids, they're kind of bored with being queer. So now suddenly a lot of them, a lot of these kids are developing tics or in my opinion, pretending to develop tics just so they can seem edgy and cool and feel super special and unique. And in this story by The Atlantic, they talk about Tourette syndrome, which has a multitude of symptoms, but the most famous one in Tourette's, that's coprolalia. I think that's how you pronounce that. And that's where you shout obscene words, what have you. But the history of Tourette's and how that develops in people, they have a pretty good standard on what that looks like. Generally speaking, people who suffer from Tourette's, more often than not, it starts out in young boys around the age of five or seven. Starts with, as the story describes, slow, mild motor tics, such as blinking or grimacing, develops into simple vocalizations, such as coughing. And only one in 10, so only 10% of people who have Tourette's progress far enough to exhibit symptoms of coprolalia. So in other words, it's very rare. Even if you're diagnosed with Tourette's syndrome, nine times out of 10, you're not gonna go there. You are not gonna display any symptoms around coprolalia. But now, no shock there, folks. Suddenly, there's this huge cluster of teenage girls. They all have Tourette's syndrome. And they did not pass go. They did not collect $200. Boom, they're all going to displaying symptoms of coprolalia. They're all out there cursing, cursing away because they've now got Tourette's. And of course, the doctors wanting to be sympathetic to these young ladies, wanting to find some sort of reasonable diagnosis as to why this is happening. They're kind of playing coy with what is bringing this about. But to me, it's pretty damn simple. These kids, they're kind of bored with being queer. Everyone's doing it. They need something new to feel super special and unique. So they're all, yet again, trying to find something new and exciting to differentiate themselves from all the other lemmings out there. So they're mimicking the severe symptoms of Tourette's syndrome just so they can feel super special and unique. And I saw an article about this and I completely forgot to to pull it for this podcast, but it was talking about on TikTok how that platform is driving a lot of this behavior. I guess you've got a bunch of people on TikTok 
I don't know. I'm not on that stupid platform. But according to the story, you've got a lot of people on there talking about their self-diagnoses of having a certain medical condition, like Tourette's syndrome, acting out symptoms of Tourette's syndrome. And these videos, they're getting a lot of hits, a lot of viewers. And so what do you get? Copycats. I want to be popular on TikTok. I want to get a lot of people watching my videos on TikTok. I think I'll get Tourette's syndrome too. I can curse on a video, show people how I self-diagnosed myself with Tourette's. Maybe I can get a bunch of followers, a bunch of people watching my stuff. I am so glad, white boy Malcolm X, I am so glad I did not grow up with this kind of crazy, these kind of platforms out there, warping kids' minds, driving in a lot of ways, I think, a lot of this nutty behavior that these kids are are out there engaging in. I'm already enough of a, a hot mess, so to speak, <laughs> that, uh, man, I am so glad Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or any of these other crappy social media platforms, I am so glad none of them were there when I was an impressionable teenager. From the Washington Examiner, Brother No More, Fredo Kumo turns on Don Lemon while blasting CNN's hypocrisy. I don't even know if I want to talk about Fredo Kumo. That's what kind of mood I'm in, folks. Normally, I would laugh at Fredo Kumo, laugh at this whole train wreck going on over there at CNN, woke CNN. But today, in my mood, I'm kind of like, meh, who gives a crap? about Fredo Kumo. No one, not even his own family. And him complaining about Don, smell my fingers, lemon. That queen, that stupid queen, who allegedly, supposedly, possibly, maybe, likes to get overly aggressive with straight guys out there on Long Island and going after hysterical drama queen, Jake Tapper, But Fredo, just to talk about what's involved here, the pile of Benjamins that's involved here, Fredo, he wants a payout, $15 million. He wants the rest of his contract. And on top of that, as if $15 million, that isn't enough. $15, that's too much for Fredo. But he wants, on top of that, another $110 million in consequential damages. And Fredo's argument in wanting all that money, that huge pile of Benjamins, is that, sure, he did some questionable stuff, but so did Don Smell My Fingers Lemon, and so did hysterical drama queen Jake Tapper. So Fredo, he's kind of, he's acting like my younger brother used to. Back when we were all kids, My younger brother, he used to get in trouble for something. And what do you think he did? He tattletailed on all of us, threw every single one of us under the bus to get himself out of trouble. Well, yeah, I did that. But guess what Miller did? 
And so at the end of the day, we all got in trouble, not just him. But Fredo, you have fun over there, burning down woke CNN, trying to take everyone else out, kneecap all your former coworkers. It's mildly entertaining. I'll give you that. And if it damages CNN in the process, so much the better. This one's kind of sad, white boy Malcolm X. From the advocate, those girls over at the advocate, Raiders releasing groundbreaking gay football player, Carl Nassib. And we love Carl Nassib here on the Miller Frost podcast. That strapping young stud of an NFL player. Now that's a man. And I think even white boy Malcolm X, who again, folks, doesn't look at anything that isn't ginger. He would agree with me there. White boy Malcolm X, Carl Nassib, not hard on the eyes. That's what I thought. I knew you would not disagree with that. It's funny, though, with this story, and I read this story in The Advocate. I read it on another website. Can't remember which one. But in both stories, the NFL, or I guess the Raiders in particular, they were making sure that everyone knew that it had nothing to do with him coming out announcing that he's a big old queen. It had to do, apparently, with performance. They were paying him, white boy Malcolm X, $7.75 million. That was his base salary. And I guess Carl there, he was not doing, I guess, everything they needed him to do to justify That's $7.75 million. Carl, I'm sure you're not hurting for money just yet. But at any point, if you are, if you dye your hair orange, sir, there is a huge trust fund you may get yourself access to. The X trust fund, if you show up around here as ginger. Just an idea, sir. You might have to take out a Ronald McDonald blow-up doll to get yourself in first place. Might have to take out AJKJ Appa, that strapping young stud of a ginger. Might have to take him out too. But after looking at you, Carl, I have no doubt, sir, you can take them both out. Earn yourself the top spot in white boy Malcolm X's eyes. Get yourself access to the X-Trust Fund. And you're welcome there, white boy Malcolm X. Anything I can do, sir, to help you get a strapping stud of a ginger in your life. And for our last story, folks, I did need a laugh. I wanted to laugh, even if if I've been a bit cranky this podcast. But here is, hopefully this will work, a story from the smoking gun. Florida man, of course. Florida man as cops to test his meth. And if you're new to the podcast, unlike our other news stories, I do read the smoking gun stories. So here we go with this. Concerned that the meth he had purchased was actually bath salts, a Florida man yesterday asked police to test his stash, a request that resulted in his arrest on multiple drug charges. According to investigators, Thomas Colucci, 41, 
So another idiot millennial, middle-aged idiot millennial, calling Popo about his crystal meth, dialed 911 last night and requested that a sheriff's deputy be dispatched to his residence in Spring Hill, a Tampa suburb. Colucci explained that he wanted law enforcement to test methamphetamine he had just bought. When deputies met with Colucci, he explained that he purchased the meth from a man named JJ at a local bar. But after using some of the drug, Colucci became concerned that the substance was bath salts, the synthetic stimulant. Cops say Colucci described himself as an experienced drug user, oh, kind of like my ex, who knew what it should feel like upon ingesting meth. So he allegedly provided deputies with two small baggies containing a crystalline substance, expecting that the contents would be tested by law enforcement. Colucci said he did not want other consumers to purchase fake meth from the dealer, whose name and contact information he did not possess. But again, folks, his name is JJ. Colucci wanted deputies to put the person in trouble for peddling the narcotics. A field test of the material provided by Colucci showed that it contained meth, according to the Hernando County Sheriff's Office. As a result, Colucci was arrested on a felony drug possession charge and a pair of misdemeanor drug paraphernalia counts. As always, when we do smoking gun stories out of Florida, this is weird because of the felony. Nobody in Florida gets busted for a felony. Well, except for Thomas Colucci. Colucci was released from the county jail at 5.30 p.m. today after posting $7,000 bond. And no, white boy Malcolm X, I am not going to do a full reenactment of that story. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Thomas Colucci calling Popo, calling 911, asking them, out of the goodness of his heart, to test his crystal meth, make sure it was meth, because as an experienced drug user, he knows what crystal meth should feel like, and that wasn't it. Can you imagine, though, being the poor, beleaguered 911 dispatcher when this guy called? 911, what's your emergency? I need Popo to come out here. Oh, my, what happened? Well... I was at a bar, and I was, I went up to JJ. Who's JJ? JJ, that's my crystal meth dealer. And what happened? Well, I went up to JJ. I got me some crystal meth. And? Well, I left the bar to do me that crystal meth. I didn't want to sleep the next three days anyway. Want to get my house cleaned. Oh, I don't blame you there, sir. My house is a mess. Well... I did that meth. I started to. And you know what? What? I do a lot of crystal meth. Do you now? Yes, I do a lot of crystal meth. So I know what crystal meth feels like. That's kind of like me with white Zinfandel. A nice, deliciously chilled glass of white Zinfandel. I know what that's like, too. That's good stuff. Especially here in the state of Florida. I totally agree, sir. Well, I don't think that this meth is really meth. Oh, no. Tell me about it. I went to JJ to buy crystal meth. I don't know if he sold me crystal meth. I can see why that's annoying. Can you send Popo out here? I want them to test this crystal meth. You do, sir? Absolutely. I don't want anyone else going to JJ, getting themselves some crystal meth that ain't crystal meth. My, sir, 
You're an upstanding citizen, worrying about other consumers. Thank you, ma'am. I know. That would be horrible. The last thing anyone wants to do is buy a baggie of crystal meth and it not be crystal meth. What do you think it is? Bath salts. I'm sure I could take a nice bath using it, but I'm just not sure it's going to get me high. Okay, sir. I'll send Popo right out. Well, there. There you go, white boy Malcolm X. Kind of a, maybe possibly, a little bit of a reenactment. At least the 911 call. But that's all you're getting, sir. No more. So on that note, since I cannot top this silly meth head calling Popo to have his meth tested, even if he did it for altruistic reasons, since I cannot top that, it is time to plug pull this podcast. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining us on this early weekday edition of the Miller Frost Podcast. I am your host, Miller Frost. Still cranky, but I'll get over it. Joined, as always, by my fake black friend, white boy Malcolm X. Have a great rest of your week, a good start to your weekend, and we will see you back here in a couple of days. In the meantime, take care. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.